Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. Jeremiah 1.5. We can put it on the screen. I'm sorry I had to get that out of the way. If you want to stand, stand for the reading. Y'all been standing a long time. Y'all know uh, this is probably about how Pastor Aaron's first service went. They're probably just now getting over that one. They'll begin the other. And you know what? I love those pastors like, you know, if it bleeds over, it's okay. And they're going, I'm sure. <laughs> Jeremiah 1 and 5. Everybody read aloud. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now just read that one more time and read it aloud with authority. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So before uh, I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now let's flip over to Romans 12, 1 through 2. All right, we're going to read this in two translations, maybe. Let's start with the New King James Version to uh, appease all of that. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Go on to the next verse. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now let's read it in the, in the New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Let's go to verse 2. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect father I thank you for your word that is truth that is a lamp unto our feet a light unto our path I bless you today and I give you all the glory and all the honor of all that is done today in Jesus name amen that you may know the perfect will of God for your life how many would say I would love to know the will of God for my life we just read it we just read it form so before he formed us 
before we were ever in our mother's womb. He said, I knew you. Form is a Hebrew-based word that means to form or to fashion or planned by a potter. Aren't you thankful today that you have been fashioned and formed to be here today? But I want you to catch this. Not only did he form your outer appearance, some of that y'all did. Uh, some of that the surgeons did. I'm just saying. Uh, he formed you in the hidden parts of you. The things. See, we put such a great emphasis on our outward form that we fail at times to understand that the hand of God fashioned us on the inside and he means for that to come out. Ooh. Now listen, then we read in Romans 12 and 2, be not conformed, say conformed to become similar in nature or character to come into agreement with so if the hand of the Lord thy God Almighty is telling Jeremiah and he's telling you and I today I formed you and therefore I knew you we are we are uh, starting off probably a series because there's much more that I'm digging out that can't be preached all today we'd be here and I got to go on to Alabama in a little bit but the word of God is calling his bride to be known by him but also be known for him come on somebody he said I'm looking for a bride who has been fashioned by my hand and operating in the very thing that I put on the inside of him and her but here's the problem say oh man I've been conned most of us have. Most of us have been conned. And therefore, we form to a thing that God never intended for you and I to agree with or to come to the form of. The conform is a Greek verb which means to identify with. Well, I identify as a size two and that ain't me. I identify as a millionaire and that ain't happened yet either. But the world is screaming for you to go as you identify. I, 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 look, I got no problems today. I don't know what's up with me. Holy Ghost has already told me it's going to be all right. But the voice of this world and the, and the ruler of it, Satan, is dropping things in your spirit. I, 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 I need to identify with this one. I need to identify with that. When heaven is saying, I've already called you from your mother's womb to come into identity with me. I formed you and I fashioned you in my likeness. When did I stop being your identity? when did you fall for the con artist of hell the enemy is not a creator he can only take what has been fashioned and prevert what God has formed he has put his hands on some of you he's put his mind on in the inside of some of you and God says you are not my identity We've been conned. 
lied to. And we mad at everybody else but the devil about it. It means to identify with, to model after, to change the pattern of ways. Have you ever met somebody and then a few years pass or a time lapse takes place and you go, you are not the same person. See, people say that to me all the time in this sense because when you're changing into the likeness of who God has called you to be, they're going to say, you just change. All you want to do is talk about God. You bet your bottom dollar I do. All I want to do is talk about Jesus. I want to be in his likeness. I want to come under his standing. I want to be identified as being with him and him with me. I'm not the same girl I was Even yesterday, I've been changed in his likeness. But sometimes we start out right. And then all of a sudden, things go south. You go, I don't even know who you are. What have you been identifying with that you have become? Do you know that 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, uh, be not deceived. Say, there's a, they're right there. Woo, don't let me be deceived, Jesus. Bad company corrupts, corrodes, changes good morals. Oh, this is good preaching. Listen, I know we don't like to talk about this all the time. But here's the deal. In this day and in this hour, this hardcore truth is a necessity to get into our hearing. All of a sudden, people who started out right, all of a sudden they come in your presence and you go, wait a minute. I don't even know who you are anymore it's because a spirit got in the place and caused an identity crisis to step up in a believer of God and begin to change the formality of what God had already put on the end well I don't like this is too preachy let me turn let me just turn that dial. oh you opened the door for me you made it easy today let me just go in here and now wait a minute how does that feel Ooh, that feels good to my flesh. Tell me that again. Tell me that again. Okay. Ooh, that looks good. And before long, we have begun to conform into a likeness of an image that was ordained in hell. Say, I ain't going to be conned in this season. Somebody better start confessing it. Somebody needs to say, I'm not going to be conned in this season. I'm coming up out of this confusion. I'm coming up out of this condemnation. I'm coming up out of this place that hell would tell me I have to reside and identify with. And I'm going to make my way to the throne of Jesus if I got to crawl to get there. I need your light. I need your image. Oh, God, I cannot do this without you. Form me and fashion me into who and what you've called me to be. You see, there 
are two opposing spiritual kingdoms. Hear me today, people of God. The kingdom of God versus the kingdom of Satan. <laughs> See, I didn't even know today. I walked out of my office and saw y'all dressed in your green and black. Y'all think we planned this? Nope, the Holy Ghost did. Who shall I send? A first line of defense. An eighther who is led by the Holy Ghost to come and tear down every wall that hell would dare to fashion in the glory of God. Two opposing forces. Two wheels fighting against the other. Both of them are spiritual. Hear me today. Oh, now I went. Mm -hmm. Both kingdoms are spiritual. Both of them at this present time are invisible to your natural eye. Not mine most days. But they both are very extremely real. The trace of Satan's kingdom goes back to the archangel Lucifer, the bearer of light who led a group of angels in a rebellion against God and decided to take one third of heaven and start a rival kingdom against the Almighty. Ooh, the nerve. A rival kingdom in a region which is called in the New Testament the heavenlies. I'm just going to say this. This ain't in my notes. We deal with demons. We don't play with them. We cast them out, actually. <laughs> Wait a minute. With the power of God. Not by my might. Nor by my power. But by the Spirit, says the Lord. So I want to say this. There is a lot of fascination with demonic realm. It's luring. I, I will admit. It has its own fashion of intrigue. But I'm going to say this. When you begin to make your way to the heavenlies, say that's plural. See, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I love you, Sellers family. I see you. She's already told me they've got a funeral today. Y'all just stretch your hands and bless them. I love our elders. I'm so thankful. Lord, bless them and keep them. Make your face shine. And she's loving me right now. I love you, Kathy Sellers. Love you, Brother Sellers, too. Bless them and help them bring comfort to that family today. Hell's assignment is to put a hook in your jaw and have you turn your back against the kingdom of God. He is pulling through things we watch. He's pulling through things we listen to. He is pulling through those gates that we open. And in the fascination of beginning to make our way into the realm of the heavenlies, who wants to go into the heavenly realm? About two of you, praise God. <laughs> Here's what I want to say to you. The first realm that you come in contact with is not Jesus. It's not, it's not the angel chorus. 
The first line that you will meet in making your way towards the heavenlies is hell's angels. And so if the only thing that you do is, well, you know, God just gives me the gift of seeing demons. That ain't a gift from him. You have been given authority in Jesus' name to tell them you will not get my FaceTime. You will not get my attention. Oh, I see you, but I ain't talking to you. I have no business with you. I'm making my way up to heaven. But the one thing I might do is to just pull down that stronghold right and, and shut up your lies over there. And let me tell you, you're going to take your hands off that baby mama who's walking around thinking that she's condemned by the people of God. Let me tell you, everything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God, we as people of God have been given authority to say, you will not usurp God's anointing. You will not usurp God's knowledge. You will not take yourself above him. I know you're trying and all you want me to do is exalt you, but I will not in this season. That's how we deal with that realm. But we moving on up and the spirit of the Lord called out to John and he said, come up higher. Don't stop there. We don't get fearful. See that you meet that because that's where the fear and intimidation meets you and hell tries to scare you all the way back so you can be the little earthworm that just crawls on your belly and begs for crumbs. <laughs> Why? Because that's where he's at. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you on his level. But God is looking for a church who will move up into the fullness that he has already designed you to walk in the phrase heavenlies occurs five times in the book of Ephesians alone. And because Ephesians is the main section of scripture that reveals God's revelation concerning the church. That's the truth. Oh, this is simple. I'm bored out of my mind. I'm not. When you read Ephesians, it tells us the purpose and the plans that God has called you and I to operate on earth as it's already been established in heavens. As the church, we are supposed to be operating in the heavenly realms over the other kingdom and get on up into the heavenly realm where God's throne is seated high and establish heaven on earth. We pull down what has already been set up there and we manifest it here on earth. Why? Because we have the power? No, because the one who lives on the inside of us has already said all power and all authority has been given to me and such as I have, I will give it back to you. In fact, he told Peter, upon this church, I'm going to build upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. This this can be a foundation upon which I stand. I'm giving you the keys of authority. And then he said this, and the gates of hell. You need to just go ahead and say, hell, you ain't locking me in this prison. Hell, I'm busting my way up on out of this. The gates of hell shall not. Against what? No, 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 no. The gates of hell shall not prevail against what? 
See, you don't even know it. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Where they at? Where they at? I already told you, heavenlies is plural, so we've established that, right? Mm. Somewhere between earth and heaven is where? Above the enemy territory, because he will always be above him. You better hear me. His throne is seated high. But he looks low. He is above all things. And through, who, through him all things are made possible. His throne is seated high. And that is where his presence is drawn. But when you lift up holy hands in the presence of the Lord. His train comes in and feels and infiltrates the temple of God. Through the people of God. There is a rival satanic kingdom and its full potential and its full ammunition is to form the weapons. But they don't. You know what that means? The weapons may be formed, but it won't prosper. It doesn't even mean that you won't feel the weapon. You know what the word means when it says it shall not prosper? It does not get to conform me. You think these sisters whose husbands died last year didn't feel the weapon that was waged and warred against them? I'm not ignorant to stand up here today and say that you have not felt the weapons of war from from the hands of the enemy. But what I am saying is when it does not prosper, you are still standing on a firm foundation. You are still rooted in the plan and the root of Jesse, in the seed of Jesse. His name is Jesus. You're standing upon the rock that the church has been built. And of this, I will not be moved. That weapon that is formed does not get to prosper by changing my formality. You don't con me because I'm in him. And when I'm in him, his spirit wages a war against the enemy that will keep you. That stands as a first line of defense against the enemy to say, I see your weaponry. I see it. Ask Job about this. Ask Job. Ask Job who lost it all. Who sat and listened to the mockery of friends. Who sat in the face of devastation and them telling him, well, you just must not have done enough, Job. But at the end of Job, he's like, oh, I have now seen a God that I had only heard about. He will open your ears to understand him if you will ask, if you will allow him. You got to come at him with a humility and you might need to apologize to God for being angry with him. You might need to. Now, listen, I know it ain't popular to say, well, Job never got angry with God. Then you ain't read your Bible. I 
told the church last week, I, I promise you, I think people read uh, the, the naked I came, naked I'll go, blessed be the name of the Lord. And then you flip over to the last chapter and you say, praise God, he got double back. There's a lot. Job had a spirit of suicide. He wanted to die. The weapons were felt and the war was waged against Job. Why? Because he was an upright man. And could be found faithful in the end. But at the end, he was found standing in humility before God Almighty. It didn't mean he didn't go over here for a minute and say, Oh, I'm wondering. I feel lost for a second. But all of a sudden, when he came to himself, this is who I've been created to be. Oh, God, forgive me. Forgive me forever assuming that I knew who you were. Weapons will be waged and formed. But to those who are believers and who are built upon a rock and who are in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus being on the inside of you, that weaponry does not get to have your final say. (laughs) It doesn't get to conform you to its formality and its identity. But that's a choice that we all make. Last week I talked about Joshua 5 when he stood before the angel of the Lord and said, wait a minute, are you with them? Are you with us? And the angel of the Lord said, no. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I'm here to fight for him. And I'm telling you, in a season of of upheaval and of unbalanced scales, in a season of being pulled to the left and to the right, in a season of the enemy coming in to change your mind about the ways of God and the things of God, causing you to come into an understanding of worldly pressures instead of coming under the glory of the word of God, you better say, I'm with him today you better know who you stand for and who stands for you because at the end of the day hell will leave you empty Ooh, I've laid before the Lord these last few weeks and even the last months of 2020 and I said it's hard Lord to lead a people It's hard to lead a people in this day. It's very hard. And boy, I got rebuked. It ain't hard if you're in me. If you come from my side, it is not a bit difficult to lead. Now, if you you want your agenda, If you coming under and standing under their agenda and you're standing under that agenda, hear me, understand. I just, I just want to be understood. I bet you do because you want the authority to cause the kingdom to stand under. And God is saying of this kingdom, there'll be no end. There is no other understanding over this. It is not hard if you're, diffi- if you're leading. It's not difficult if you're leading my way. But if you're leading your way, it might be difficult. Hear me today. 
we've all got these relationships that we are going, okay, which angle do I, and we're, we're falling into the conformal, what's the word, uh, um, in the confirmation, in the uh, conforming way of hell, and we're manipulating to try to get the understanding of another. We stepping in witchcraft. Anything outside of this word operating in a spiritual realm is full of the devil. One of the ways that the enemy operates his spirit through the earth is witchcraft, which is very closely knitted with rebellion. (sighs) He said, if we speak... On his behalf, it will not be difficult that he will grace the kingdom of God to lead red and yellow and black and white and male and female and pregnant and unpregnant and married and unmarried because we're leading into the formalities of the kingdom of God and not the standards of man. So on this day... And tomorrow and next week and next year, I'm not preaching to you politically. I'm preaching to you prophetically. I want you to hear me today. I'm standing up before you today preaching from a prophetic unction of the word of God. Because the enemy has crept right through the gates of the church when the church has, has supposed to have been advancing. Hell, hell has walked right in and we got the stank in the room to prove it. You see, living on the side of flesh, it's like trying to spray poopery in the bathroom. Everybody knows what you've been doing in there. And you think you cute by covering it up. Ain't no stank covered. And until the air is cleaned again, listen, Holy Ghost, come in this house and wave the angels of heaven's wings and clean the airways again. Clean the atmosphere again. I'm not interested in covering the stink of hell. I want a fresh wind of heaven. I want a fresh wave of glory. Come on, just lift up your I want a fresh wind, oh God. Clear the air, Jesus. Clear the air, angels. Woo. Remove agendas. Remove desires of flesh. And put your spirit back in order where it belongs, oh God. Today, on January 17th, 2021, we need revival. Not an event. See, we get excited about a natural event. But God said we need a revival. And we've been saying our world needs revival. Our world needs a revival. America needs a revival. You know what needs a revival? The church of the living God. Yes. 
He's not near as concerned with America as a whole as he is about his house right now. And here's what happens is in his house is what is being brought in because it's been manifested in your house. I'll tell you when revival breaks out is when you refuse to allow your children to turn on the field. When you refuse and you set a standard in your house and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Today, we're going to invite the Holy Ghost in our living room. Today, we're going to eat as a family again. Today is the day of salvation in this house. I tell you, revival will explode in our churches when it begins there. Oh, no, 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 preacher, that's your job. Oh, no, it ain't. Well, this message ain't making me very happy. Good. It is not my job to lead you to happiness. It is my job to lead you to holiness unto him. Let me say it for this side so you get it real good. It is not our job. It is not the preacher's job. It is not the prophet's job to prophesy you happy. It is not the children's pastor to sing the song and dance and your children never hear about Jesus at home. It is our job to lead you to holiness unto him. I want revival, Lord. I want it in my home. I want it in this church. I want it in every door, house of the churches that are open and willing in America. And then wash away the stink in the air in America and around the world, God. We need your glory. We need your presence. We need revival. Revival is what? An improvement in the condition or strength of something. Strengthen what's left, God. Revival is the strengthening. Who needs some strength in here today? Come on, I'm asking for a hand wave. Who needs some strength today? An improvement. Who needs an improvement? You see, being ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, a renewing process. Have you ever lived in your house while it's being renovated? It's hell. That right there is a picture of hell on earth. Aside from some of the meetings I've had. Y'all better pray my husband gets back in this house. The renovation process is, ooh, it's a mess, Lord. And we're stripping this wall out and we're trying to build this wall over here. And for a second, you feel like you are going to lose your mind. You're ready to sell the house. You're ready to burn it down. You're ready to do anything but live in it. That's where the enemy's got half of you today. Walking through it. I don't want to walk through it, God. I want to burn it down. I want to quit. I want to take it out. I don't want to live here anymore. The, the voices, the, the teetering, the beating on the walls, the hammering, I can't take it. 
I hear the spirit of the Lord saying, my church needs a renovation. My church needs a transformation. We've been conned. We've been lied to. We've been sold a gospel at times that told us everything was going to go perfect. And, and I, was, I wasn't ever going to get sick. And I was going to marry the man of my dreams, which I did, thank God, by the way. It's possible. Well, what do you do when what you prayed for don't happen? I remember the last time that I saw Kenneth and Leanne, I leaned over to her and I spoke in her hearing and I said, Leanne, I just saw the Lord circumcising your feet. And he said, you're getting ready to walk a walk that you've never walked before. But he's already circumcised your feet to go there. And because of it, there's a greater prophetic anointing coming on your life. She said, well, my God, the Lord could have just told me that's why my feet were hurting. <laughs> She's funny, y'all. I got to have that kind of humor in my life sometimes. It's genuine funny. What the what? It's clean, funny, but she's funny. She said, well, the Lord just could have told me he was going to start. That's why my feet hurt, my God. Because I've been in pain. I believe she probably told several of you ladies how in pain she was that week. We prophesy in part and we see in part. I laid on my floor. I said, Lord, if this is what you were telling her, I wouldn't have said it. He said, then you would have been against me. You would have tried to take my position. And my throne. You don't get to choose the words you prophesy. And it ain't always pretty. It's not always you get a new car in your driveway next week. Or your house is paid off. Yes, Lord. Yes. I received that. But what if you're getting ready to walk a path you've never walked before. And at its, at its end, it's not going to look good. But lo, I am with you always. And you heard the fruit of that standing today. We read last week of Abigus, uh, Agabus, the prophet that prophesied a famine, not to say, oh, I told you this. I told you so. I told you so. Those, those I told you so prophets are about to get washed away. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But those who will stand on the word of the Lord and understand your positioning, it's to bring relief. Because when I talked to Leanne, when I got the call, they're taking him off the ventilator. I said, Leanne, do you remember? Yes, I remember, Amanda. Yes, I remember. I know. I just didn't know it was this. I said, then Leanne, we're going to hold fast to what we know was already stated. He's already prepared you for this walk. That's the purpose of a prophetic unction and word. Not for you to throw away and cast away. It's so when you're walking through hell, you can keep on going because you know he has already provided. He has already sustained. He has already maneuvered you through this place. I'm telling you, it's our job today as leaders of this day to lead a people to what he formed and fashioned us to be. 
to what he formed and fashioned us to be, to step aside from the conning of this hour conformed many have been bought have bought the lie I, I have plenty of time to get it all together I, I got this I got that I, I, I need to just keep I just need to do what I'm going to do and then I'll serve the Lord you're being conned well one more hit ain't gonna hurt that might be the hit to take you out and I'm going to tell you in the spirit of lust, one more look will be the one to take your whole family out. Because that's the enemy's plan. And this, listen, he ain't playing in this day. He, is, hey, he has got the, the noose hung and he's just waiting on you to turn your head and, and miss, the, and miss the, the perception of God. He's ready for you to look over here. And before you know it, you walked right into it and ain't nobody hung you but you. He's working fast and he's working overtime to steal, kill, and destroy. There has been a spirit unleashed upon the earth that has caused the church to war for things that he gave us no authority over. Ooh. There's been a spirit unleashed upon the earth. That has caused his church to war for things that he never gave us authority over. What are you talking about? Your flesh. Your flesh is meant to be submitted and laid on the altar. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. But you war in for that thing. You've waged war. I mean, you fighting that flesh. But you ain't fighting it in the spirit of the living God. Hmm. Many preach a gospel of things that this world offers yet holds no eternal value. We have only wanted to hear the side of the gospel that helps us just, I just want to maintain my flesh. I don't want it gone. I just want to make, I want to know how to control this. I, you know, I got it. I'm good. I can control. I know when to cut it off. Malarkey. You got poopery in your pocket too. God have mercy. Ooh. Holiness unto the Lord. First Peter 1 Peter 1:16, for it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. This may not be the most popular message or the most viewed that I have ever had. And guess what? I am past the point of caring. I got critics. Ooh, lots of them. You should read some of my love mail. But if we read on down in Romans 12, it tells us to bless them. Feed them if we have the opportunity. Give them water. It's like he even calls a fire up on their head. And I know that's the side of the gospel. Listen, well, you need to love me. Yes, I do. But then there's also another side of the gospel that says if you warn them once and you warn them a second time, after that, they gone. That's the gospel too. I know we love the gospel. He's loving and he's merciful and kind. And thank God he is. Oh, thank you, God. His mercies are new every morning. But there is a side of him that he is jealous for me. 
He is, he is as jealous for me as if I was giving my attention to another besides my husband. Do you think my husband would sit down and just take it? Mm -mm. He might chase me down like Hosea did Gomar and buy me right off the auction block. But he will not let me go because he knows. Whew. That's mine. If you don't think that his love is jealous, and if you don't think that he loves you enough that he will not share his glory with another man, another woman, another idol in his life, you are sadly mistaken. And you've been conned. A false gospel. Oh. I'm on assignment to stir up the remnant bride. For a revival of strength, courage, and change. Revival of the greater works of Jesus. But the remnant believer, they're the ones that have been left over, looked over, been set in a corner. The remnant believer are those who might have been wounded but did not quit. The remnant believer have been the ones that the weapons were formed but they did not prosper. The remnant bride is the one who, who the Lord says to the church in Revelation, rise and strengthen what's left. It might not look like much, and we might be few in number today than we were a year ago. But I'm of the remnant I choose. If I have to be a, called a leftover, if I have to be called a lookover, I'm going to stand on the side of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nobody else may want to hear me preach, but if I stand convicted under the authority in Jesus' name, I will be counted as a remnant and so will you the remnant a revival change agents in this room the leftovers the remainder a remnant uh, summer Corsi had a dream and the Lord began to unveil it to me how the enemy came after the bodily form of a bride and when he thought that the weapon was formed it didn't prosper I get was she in here She's right there. I, I want to tell you, the I'm preaching the interpretation of your dream right now. That weapon that was formed hit her, but it did not get to take her. It did not get to prosper. And when it saw that it didn't prosper, then it turned to the fabric of the hoopah. Hear me. This was her dream. She said, what in the world does this mean? A leftover, a remnant is also a piece of a fabric after the rest has been used or sold. Zach, I need you, baby. So when he couldn't take the whole church at one time, he said, ah, oh, I'm coming after the remnant. But you see, when you've been through something, when you have waged war and you got the scars to prove it, when you've been taken from, when you have cried the bitter tears and yet you have rested upon the rock of Jesus Christ, you may come at the remnant, but you will not devour or rip to shreds because a remnant of people love each other. A remnant of people says, when you hurt, I hurt. A remnant of people says, when you rejoice, I rejoice. A remnant of people is who will rally the 
troops and pray all night long until we feel the Lord move. A remnant is those who I can call on the line and say my baby's sick. Well, we're going to pray and we will ask the Lord to heal her body and we keep praying until God breaks it. We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.